Hello and welcome to Women of Substance. I have a very special guest today, Julia Post, and uh, she has been an inspiration to me uh, in many ways, uh, especially one that I mentioned on the interview is uh, her Tuesday Morning Sings on Facebook. Such encouraging songs and some uh, older songs that maybe some of us had forgotten about that were so uplifting and so meaningful and really would, you know, encourage you for your day. And and so um, she is a very powerful woman of God. Um, she is, she and her husband are, are just fixing to start pastoring a church. And we'll tell you about that during the interview. Um, she's a Rama Bible Training College uh, graduate. She sang in the music team there and uh, was very instrumental in prayer and healing school. And uh, she and her husband became the youth pastors at Rama years ago, and um, they served in that capacity. Um, some of you also might know her wonderful parents, Reverend Bill and Fred McNeese in Montgomery, Alabama. They've pastored church there for many, many years, a wonderful church, Harvest family. And um, so I think you'll be encouraged today by uh, just the beautiful uh, woman that she is. Uh, She's the mother of three small children, young children. And um, she talks a a little bit about mothering and and ministry together. So I think you'll be uh, helped by really by the whole interview. Um, So call somebody, tell them about this podcast so they can listen as well. And um, I believe that God will speak to you and encourage you as you listen today. Welcome today to Women of Substance. I have a very special guest. This is Julia Post. Hi, Julia. Hi. (laughs) And I'm so glad you joined me today. That's so kind. Thank you, Scarlett, for having me. Um, uh, some of you know Julia, of course, and her wonderful parents, uh, Bill, uh, Reverend Bill and Fredna McNeese. They pastor a church and have pastored for, I think they had a big celebration. This year. Isn't that something at Harvest Family Church in Montgomery, Alabama? And uh, you've been there all your life. All my life, except for <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> my church family for sure yes and um what a wonderful place and just Mm -hmm. the word of god and the spirit of god and Mm -hmm. um we just feel always have felt family to them Mm -hmm. and and to you we're just so thrilled with what god's doing in your life and we'll get to talk about Mm -hmm. that today thank Um, you Mm -hmm. even some new new news that's always yeah. fun. It's <laughs> exciting yeah. thing. But I wanted to uh, tell the audience uh, some, you know, a couple of reasons why I wanted to interview you. And um, first of all, because, you know, you can just I can see Jesus in your life and in your ministry. It's so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that so much. And then also, um, I loved what you did on Facebook when you would do your Tuesday morning uh, songs. And I just enjoyed them so much, Julia. They were beautiful songs. Some of them you gave a little history about uh, before you would sing. And then uh, some of them were old uh, or older Mm -hmm. kind of um, praise and worship songs we sang way back. 
and mm -hmm. uh, that I had forgotten some of them. And it was so nice to be reminded so much so that one of them, I thought, David, you and I need to sing this at our Christmas program, which which we did. <laughs> so you inspired our Christmas program. He has all of, I need to just ask him all the songs because he knows all of them. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so no, what gave you the idea for that? Yeah, so it was when I started about the time COVID hit and we were at home and uh, we were kind of everyone. Everyone was just very much. It was right at the start when everyone was just very uncertain of what was happening and and people were going to church for just a little bit. And um, and I the Lord, the Lord just put on my heart to share old songs. And I um, we were at home. And so I just. And I thought, well, what about the background? I started just looking at myself, some of the background behind some of them. And every time was inspired. Honestly, I don't really do a song unless I feel like the Lord reminds me of it. And yeah. in fact, I was doing it pretty regularly. But now, honestly, it's difficult with um, the kids sometimes. Yeah. But, we, but every time the Lord brings some, something to my heart, I really try to make some time to film that and do it. But that's really, I feel like it was just the Lord just told me, share some old songs. I've always love these old old uh church songs and i understand you have to be relevant and current but to some of them just as you know they've been a huge part of faith i mean i remember growing up when you were going through something you started to sing i got the peace of god or you started to sing these songs that ministered to your heart and helped keep scripture in your mind you yeah. know the songs that are pure scripture just take you to the throne room and and I understand needing all the new and the cool songs and churches can't always do that, I guess, and be relevant. I don't agree totally, but but <laughs> I understand where people are coming from sure. with trying to appeal to generations. But those songs are just so rich. And I just wanted to remind not only others, but myself of some of those. And so I just started to sing them and I had no idea people would enjoy them so much. And I and basically the Lord just kept bringing songs to my heart. And so I would get on and I'd kind of look up where they came from and share. And I've uh, had so many people who've joined along in enjoying those with me. And it really has been a really fun way to connect to people during a time when we weren't connecting in person right, and in yeah. a time when we, I think everyone was a little bit discouraged. The people who did watch me, I felt like we were mutually encouraged by the, by the songs and some of them are just so precious. I have so many more I still would like to do, but sometimes, um, life just happens and I don't always get to, to film all of them, but there's just so many rich yeah. songs. And, um, as you know, and I love, I love to bring them out. And what's, you know, what's interesting putting these songs out. I thought your mind kind of makes you doubt for one to just sing on social media. Like, I guess it's just, it feels a little bit self-serving or embarrassing sometimes to just film yourself singing on your back porch. Sometimes I have neighbors who I just know are like, what is she doing? And, um, and, but then, and then sometimes even, you know, Facebook isn't just a place for our Christian friends. You have friends from high school, you have mm -hmm. all of your family, all of the people. And so sometimes I felt a little vulnerable. It's different than singing in church that where I'm singing to people who I don't know if all of them are serving the Lord or if they think this is dumb or not cool. These songs are so old. But I have had amazing feedback from from people who aren't saved, even some friends in England who don't really follow God, and they listen to these videos. And I've had a, people who I did not expect at all to um, 
contact me and just say, I really enjoyed, you know, that song. I don't really know that song or I don't know much about it. And I thought that was kind of interesting because you think in putting yourself out there that people will judge you or just sure. think like that. But the Lord is drawing hearts in these songs. And when they're just scripture, I really try to focus on ones that are mostly scripture when I do them. Right. For the most scripture draws people's hearts. The Lord's drawing people's hearts. And so sometimes putting that out there is just for the few people who do watch it. It's a fun way for them to, for the Lord to put something in their heart and their mind. So yeah. I've really enjoyed, I didn't expect it to be something that continued for a long time, but uh, I really enjoyed doing that. And I've enjoyed it for myself too. Yeah. It's wonderful. And, you know, the Bible says teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that when you sing something, it, it just stays with you and with others, yeah. sometimes longer than a sermon or even a message, because there's something mm -hmm. about this, the music part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, it. I learned a lot of scripture through songs. Exactly. Exactly. The Some of the scriptures, uh, I even... Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God. I learned that in children's church, but I don't remember the scripture because of memorizing it as an adult. I remember it because of memorizing the song. Yes. And like, God's really, God has put such an anointing on music. And we will really only know one day the impact of, of how he designed us. But when you go through the Old Testament and you're trying to find Haggai, what do you do? You sing the books of the Bible song that you learn. Yeah. When you were a kid, because that's music is what is what God's designed it somehow to have make it a something that sticks to us. Yeah. I think that's interesting. It is, and so many times uh, with just the um, melody that it brings peace and calm, and mm -hmm. um, so powerful. I think it's probably more powerful than we realize. But anyway, I just enjoyed yeah. it so. And I thank yeah. you for doing that. And, you know, to our audience today, I think if God puts something in your heart to do, even if it seems small or, or mm -hmm. simple or whatever, it can be yeah. so powerful. So just those little things, just mm -hmm. obey God. We, you know, we admonish you to just obey the Lord in mm -hmm. those smaller things. And um, God can really minister to people through you. And he did. And he is, of course, mm -hmm. through you. Now you told you said told us through some of your biography that you felt called to minister missions at age four. Is that correct? Did I read that yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. There was there was a there's a video that some family friends have of me sitting on their fireplace with a fake microphone saying, I wanna preach the gospel around the world like a, a four year old. I don't remember that, but I do remember always loving with my whole heart ministry and the, the joy of being raised in a home with, where my dad has just been a wonderful example of, of godly faith and, and faithfulness. And um, I've just always loved the Lord and ministry. And then uh, our friends growing up, because when parents are pastoring, you bring people in and our, some of my best friends were missionary kids growing up. And so then when I told my parents, I, we didn't go on the mission field until I was uh, after oh, over 30, yeah, in our 30s, Rob and I, and, and we told them we were moving to England and they were like, 
you know, I mean, everyone's been very supportive, but but no one wants family to move across an ocean, right? So there's a little bit of that disappointment at first. And then we had a family friend joke and say, what did you think was going to happen when all of your friends growing up were all missionary kids? This should have never made them friends with missionary kids. Just kidding. But <clears throat> I feel like my heart's just always been so, uh, so open to what God's doing in the world. And it's always been a goal. I didn't know how it ever happened. And then all of a sudden the door opened and it's mm. funny how God moves in suddenly. And in a few moments, all the things you thought, how does that ever happen? Your mind tries to figure out doors open and then you just walk through them and, and you didn't have to make it happen. It, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. And, um, and then we're in the mission field. So I've just been so thankful. And, uh, but yeah, I feel like I'm doing what I've always wanted to do. That's wonderful. So the news is, you want to tell the news then? Yeah. yeah so we've been in England for about six years. We've been working with Bible school, planning Bible schools and teaching in Bible schools in Europe and Middle East and in England. And, um, and we've been enjoying that and loving working with the Bible schools. Uh, but then your heart starts to grow to build, build. I mean, I just love the local church. As you know, the local church is just such a powerful force for God. And we would, we would be going from there to minister at these places. And then I would see the people that I go to the grocery store with and the people that my friends, uh, sorry, that my children are friends with and their families, not having anything word of faith or uh, gospel filled church around them and thinking, our hearts just really started to develop for our community, for a church and, and that heart for pastoring in yeah. both Rob and I. And, and then the door opened recently, we've been working with um, Clubton 40 and the Beamers. They have several churches in England and we've been going and ministering at those churches. And then one of them, the, the pastor uh, was, is, is headed out. He's going, he's moving back home into a new, a new season for himself at home. And, and the opportunity opened up for uh, working, they they were looking for a pastor, and the Lord spoke to our hearts about it, and and all of a sudden we just we we were we were uh, offered that job of being the pastors, and we took it, and that was just about a month ago. But we're being installed in two weeks as the pastors of Go Church Bradford in Bradford, England, and so we're moving. It's going to be a big move for our family because we've been down south uh, in the greater London area. And now yes. we're going to be moving about four hours north to um, Bradford. And it's going to be all new for us and our family, but we're really, really excited. The people there are really precious. The church there is wonderful. And um, I'm excited to partner with them in building people in a local community in yes. that way in our heart for a while. So, yes. And we were talking earlier that that's where Smith Wigglesworth was. Yes. Bradford, so. yeah. I'm going to yeah. go by and knock on the door and just say hi. <laughs> what a great heritage of faith. So many of us have uh, respected his ministry through his books. If anything, maybe I can take my kids to just kind of do a little Smith Wigglesworth tour. I think that would be fun. Oh, yeah, sure. That's so exciting. Great Congratulations. I think that's one. Thank you. We're so excited. We're really blessed with the opportunity to just be a part of building the local church because. Um, more and more, you just see how vital that is in this yeah. day and age. And is. how much is God's heart. So, yeah. I think I know it was very, about- Brother Hagen said everything flows through, mm-hmm. through, the local, through the local church. Like God is moving in that way. Like God's heart being a local church. I feel like I remember Brother Hagen saying that. 
Yeah. He was so local church oriented, you know, to be, well, he pastored 12 years, but then traveled oh, so much, but taught us so much about the local church. And, um, and, you know, Paul and his teachings, I mean, he really uh, emphasized strengthening the local churches and that's why he you know, went around to, to each one and just, that was his goal. And I think like you just said, it is so important for our communities to have strong local churches Mm-hmm. plural you know it's not just us but it's all of us that need mm-hmm. our churches strengthened and i think that that's just so awesome what y'all are doing i'm so i'm so thankful for that and we're thank very you. proud of you thank to you. accept that because you know some some might say well i have three children and you know they're small and you know all the excuses yeah that- i feel i'm feeling the 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 pain of the move with three young children and and we homeschool. And so there's the challenge of, of keeping steady. That's my constant heart for my family is in all of the fluctuation because we have a lot of that going back and forth and between England and the States. Um, and with a new job, keeping uh, keeping life stable for your children is quite a challenge. Yeah. And it's something that is on my heart all the time of how to how to continually make their life stable in the midst of lots of change. And so, uh, so I, my heart is feeling that this week, as we look at flying on Thursday and moving on Friday and starting at, we actually are going to be at the church on Sunday. My heart is just reaching out to the Lord to just help my children in this transition. But I know, but always the children are so resilient and the Lord's with, when you're in the the right place, he does minister to your family and he does help them in all changes that life sometimes presents. So Yes. And you have the unique um, experience of being a a preacher, a pastor's child, a preacher's Mm -hmm. kid. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, don't you think you can draw off some of that? And I always call my dad a lot for advice and just to (laughs) bounce things off of how I'm feeling. It's just a really wonderful and stable sounding board. Sometimes it's hard for me because I saw them be so consistent and so faithful. Like said, been at the church 30 years. And then before that, he was working at Rama and a teacher at Rama. He worked at Rama for 10 years. And I feel like he had so much longevity every place he went. Yeah. But to me, when we've had a little bit of change here and a little bit of change here, my temptation is to compare myself to that and say, right. I'm not doing it the way my parents did it. Or, and, and then the Lord has really ministered to my heart that it doesn't all have to look the same way. But consistency yeah. can look different ways, even if circumstances are changing. So I've uh, just felt that. But I've, of course, the example of faithfulness is something. I, it's just a foundation for my life that changed everything for me. So yeah, I'm thankful. You and your husband were worked at the with a youth ministry, right, at Rama? Yeah, yeah. Before we moved to the mission field, we were the youth pastors at Rama, and that was a lot of fun. We had a great time doing that. We worked for Pastor Denise Burns and and just uh, really learned a lot working. I've always wanted to work at Rama too. That was also one of those goals you have as a kid after growing up there. And um, it was it was wonderful. I'm just so thankful for the ministry there and the heritage there. Uh, Rosemary, our oldest, was born when we were working there, and it was oh. it was great. But we had we we told them before we even came. We said, look, our heart. Is still the mission field. So one day we want to get there. And then 
So when we did end up transitioning overseas, she was like, I didn't know it'd be so soon. We did work there for four years and it was a great time, but then we moved from there to England. So it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah. So what, did you see any real difference in administering to teenagers as, you know, compared to adults? I love talking to adults. I feel like I've, I was one of those kids that was wearing suits at 16 years old. <laughs> when honestly, when I was the one who didn't want to go to youth, I wanted to go into the adult services. So when, when the Lord uh, opened that door for us to minister to youth, I was honestly a little bit nervous because I didn't feel like youth were my people where I was at. I didn't feel cool enough. I didn't feel all the things. And, and honestly, when we got into that position, it was, there was a lot of um, change that had just happened in the youth department and people, not, uh, not the, not the leadership, but some of the kids and the volunteers did not want us there. It was, we were, we came in thinking, yay, we're so excited to have this new step. And it, we found a lot of resistance that took us, um, really a, at least a year to work through with people's hearts. And that's mm -hmm. what I learned about youth is there it, how to chip away. Like, and there was some youth, like for instance, when we, even for two years, there was one youth who he, um, he, we'd say hello, just say hello to him. Mm -hmm. Walk in the door, just ignore you, walk by. I mean, it's just disheartening when you're trying to, you're just giving everything. Sure. To you and, and you're, and uh, anyway, since they would, they just put the wall up and they're really good at the wall. And I think, one thing I've learned with youth is you just have to learn that that's not who they are. The wall isn't who they are. They really have tender hearts behind the wall and you mm -hmm. have to preach to that and yeah. in faith because you don't see a lot of the return. And right. we did that. One kid, his parents brought him all the time. So he was there and we kept ministering, kept ministering. And then about three years in, we were at a fall retreat and Rob was, it was at the Rama ranch and Rob was locking up the doors and everyone was supposed to be in bed. And all of a sudden he sees like someone coming out of the dorms and coming towards him. And he's thinking, who is out of bed? Who is breaking the rules right now? You know, kind of feeling like that. What is that? Like about to get onto somebody. And so, and it was this kid coming up to him and all of a sudden he just gives him a big hug. I mean, it's like two o'clock in the morning. So no mm -hmm. one's around he's not feeling the pressure while he gives him a big hug and he just starts crying. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to fill to the Holy spirit. Oh. And that basically the Lord just been dealing with his heart. And Rob was like, am I dreaming right now? He was, because no one was around. He was like, I feel like this is a dream. This can't really be happening. And he prayed with them. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh. And, um, and he, he was, so af after that, he was still subtle. But he was so kind. He would walk in and he'd, he'd give you a wink, give you a hug. And it was just those, those, those are like huge victories. Yeah. The little things are the big things. And, um, it was a wonderful learning experience because I honestly was intimidated by it before we stepped into it and just learned that um, being consistent with kids is one of the biggest things that you can do. Just continue to go yeah. over the wall they put up. And I really, really learned so much from that time, but it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't a natural fit for me. I didn't think at first, but also at the same time, God loves people. And if you can have God's love in your heart, you, you, ingest to any situation that you're in and so that's where we were at but and of course you can have a lot of fun so we got to do all the fun stuff and <laughs> oh that's good too that's such mm -hmm. good encouragement because i think um 
you really do have to walk by faith with be with people, you know, because a lot of times you don't know that God's working behind the scenes or you don't feel like, you know, there's no <laughs> there's no evidence that something's happening, but it is happening. And yes. sometimes it does take a while. Three sometimes, years. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes we just think it's our job to draw people, to draw yeah. heart. God, like as a minister, you've got to do the drawing. But really, all we have to do is present the word make room for the Holy Spirit. And he draws hearts. I have yeah. seen it even in my children, like my daughter, um, we were, Rob and I were just doing our morning prayer. It's not long. It's not dramatic. But we, he was just praying for our family. We started praying in the Holy Spirit. This was about a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. And my daughter was just on the couch reading. And when we got done praying, I was about to get up, go clean the kitchen. And she said, mama, I really want to do what you were doing. And I said, you mean um, praying in the spirit? She goes, yeah. And I was thinking, this isn't the time. Like, I'm like, I want it to be this big dramatic moment. And I was like, okay, come here. And so I put her in my lap and no sooner had I laid my hands on her chest, she just started overflowing, speaking oh, in time. And, and I, she was so ready and primed. And I honestly, I had no idea. I'm with my daughter every day. I had no idea. God was pulling on her heart in such a way. And she prayed all morning. She couldn't stop praying. <laughs> She's seven years old. She couldn't stop praying. Rob ended up taking, we have two littles that are very distracting running in and out of the room. He took them to a, like a park just so that I could have some time with her and we would just read our Bible. And then she said, can I please pray some more? And she would just pray. And I have this picture of her just kneeling at the couch, just praying with all of her little heart. Oh. And I feel like that's a moment I'll never forget. But I feel like the reason I share that is because what I feel like I learned in that is I don't have to make things happen because sometimes it's even as a parent, or yeah. as a minister, it's like it's your job to yeah. all the hearts and God, yeah. God is the one drawing. All I had to do is make room for that and mm-hmm. to present the right example. And then the Lord's the one that works, does the work in the heart. I can never reach a heart as a minister, even as a mom. All I can do is live the word love and, and then present the opportunities, make the space for it. Yeah. And he, and he does, he draws hearts and he does it with youth and he does it with adults. You oh, never yeah. know what people are really wrestling with in their hearts. That's so so I think it's a good lesson for when people don't look like they're listening. They yeah. really, you know, they really yeah. are. Yeah. The seed's been being, being planted yeah. and watered yeah. and yeah. God has the increase. So that's Ooh. beautiful. I love that. Isn't it interesting how, um, how God can move on, well, like he did you when you were four and your daughter, you know, seven. And, oh, I just think it's so important to, like you said, just make room for God in our homes. It doesn't have to be a long devotion or, you know, something that's just, you know, a struggle. But it can be just those times where um, they're introduced by your example to a loving Heavenly Father. When we first got married, I thought, because I was, I was a preacher kid and a, a, I was fresh out of Bible school. You know, you're just so full. And I had prayer when I was single. I had all these long prayer times in my, in my apartment. And so when we got married, I just expected that in marriage that we do that together as well. And so it was hard learning that balance between like having your personal devotion versus together. And I remember someone in a, maybe it's a marriage conference or class one time told us, you don't need a long time together. Just even make it short. So it's not, so it's attainable. He said once yeah. a week, even just five or 10 minutes pray together. And I thought only five or 10 minutes together. 
then now as a busy parent, I think I can do five minutes. And so sometimes people think that it's not enough, um, mm-hmm. which I, I, I'm not talking about personal devotion or things like that, but course, like a yeah. spouse or something yeah. that you can even just a little bit of time, but the consistency over time, it's, um, it actually can be so powerful. It doesn't yeah. have to be unattainable because I, I just think right now, social media, I say that because social media and everything presented to uh, uh, women, uh, mm-hmm. all the, I feel like social media has adjusted our expectations of what we feel like is expected of us mm-hmm. and what we're supposed to look like, or we're supposed to be, our homes are supposed to look like. And, and then it creates dissatisfaction. It creates distraction because we get focused on the wrong things. And God's asking for, he, I believe God does have a call on our homes to be life-giving homes, but not in the way social media presents it, but right. in a way that busyness is not distracting us from kingdom homes, from kingdom purposes that we're supposed to be making a little bit of room for the things that God wants us to make room for. And yeah. I don't think it takes a lot, but it right. does t- stepping back from what the world says that you should look like and your home should look like to what does God say? And I love beautiful homes and I love well-decorated rooms. And I do think those are life-giving in their own way, like a piece of art or something. But um, but sometimes when we focus on those, over-focusing on having homes that are, that wake up to kingdom business or, you know, I, I just think we can make our homes life-giving in a spiritual way in really yeah. simple, small ways that don't have to be so um, unreachable. Exactly. That, that life to us because honestly, yeah. I feel so drained by the expectations of what I feel like I should be sometimes. But God, mm-hmm. when I get with God, He has never placed an unreasonable expectation on me. In fact, this year, I'm sorry if I'm going too long on this. Oh no, so um, good. Just this year, I was feeling that at the beginning of last year, I was just feeling like I had so many. I want to pray for hours a day. I want to do these things, but in yeah. the season of life, it doesn't happen. And the Lord just spoke to my heart, just the basics this year, basics, read your Bible and pray every day. And I thought that's too simple. It's just too easy. I want to be spiritual and all the things. And I tell you, I have felt the Lord move in my heart this year in just the basics of, of doing the, the same small things every day, reading my Bible every day in the morning. And then, and I, I'm not saying perfect at it, but just being consistent in the really simple, small things that you think aren't enough to be spiritual. Yeah. And the Lord has brought so much richness into my heart and into our family. Cause I also have our kids just open their Bibles with me for just a second on their own, trying to just build that habit. Yeah. And um, those just really simple steps. I feel like have changed my year and then they changed last year for me. And um, it sounds even silly to say, I feel like, but it's just in the season of having kids, I had lost some rhythms. And introducing simple rhythms from the Lord have made life so I feel like a life giving home for me and for my kids. I believe that. That's so beautiful. And that's so, I'm so glad you shared that because um, I I think I I remember going through the same thing, you know, coming out of Rhema like 100 years ago, whenever. (laughs) But, you know, I, I was single and just, you know, took all the time in the world to pray for hours and hours. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Marriage, children. Ah, 
I thought I'm backslidden. <laughs> I can't keep up with, and I was, we were pastoring, you know, but yeah. um, just to try to find the time. But yeah. that's so beautiful that you encouraged that today because it really is so interesting how God can move in a short amount of time and just make your day. Yeah. And, you know, with, with his word and with his encouragement, um, yeah. all the, all the things that you're doing, you're just so remarkable. Um, yeah. You have a vision and prayer journal that you sell. Yeah, I do. I have them right here actually, because I was just getting them out. I really love, I I started doing a vision journal years ago. Um, Our pastor just was one of the best preachers on vision when I was in college. And I started really building up that heart for vision, but even years, actually, no, years before he, he was preaching on vision, even when I was a teenager. And um, I started writing down goals and dreams and I would have them in all these different books every year because you buy a book at the beginning of the year. And I was like, I really want something consistent. So a few, about eight years ago now, I started to print my own so that I can put them side by side on my bookshelf and have them kind of consecutive. And yeah, I have, but I've been doing the practice of writing down vision for a long time. And I just, I, I love it. And I just love having some consistent place. So I just have a place for like your top 10 and spiritual goals, financial goals and scriptures and confessions and I, I was just recently this week putting down because at the end I added this year places for the next five years, like just some thoughts. Oh, where do yeah. you want to be in five years? And then at the very end, where do you want to be like in 10 years? Just kind of like putting that. And I was just writing down what my kids ages will be at those times. And I thought, Oh my goodness, in 10 years, my oldest will be a senior in high school. And I thought sometimes it's really difficult to think about, things ahead. It's sometimes it's easier for me and more comfortable to stay in the moment because that makes me very uncomfortable to think about. But I heard this quote one time and I loved it. It said, you tend to do more with the time you have now when you con- when you consider the time you have left. Mm. And sometimes it's not fun to consider the time you have left, but sometimes it makes you more intentional about the time you have now. Yeah. And I, that's why I added those things at the end. And I've already felt a little bit more intentional about even just daily things, realizing that this isn't going to last forever, this season that I'm in. Yeah. But I just love writing things down. Funny thing is, I mean, 15 years ago, the things I wrote in my journal, I didn't see that year. I didn't see the next year. But then I looked at it recently and I realized almost everything I had put in there is mm-hmm. in my life now. Wow. And I just thought, God's he's so he's so amazing. He never puts limits on us. You That's really ask, he says ask. Yeah. And and we just think it's too much or we think it's and you know, we we put our own limits on ourselves, but God yeah. has never put a limit on us. And I just think when you dream, honestly, there are things like I put in my vision journal years 15 years ago that I wanted to just preach at summer blitz. It was the, the youth conference at Rama at their camp meeting. And I put it year after year because I just had a desire to preach at summer blitz. I've always looked up to the speakers who preached there. And then we got a call from Rama to to apply for the youth job. And I ended up running summer blitz the next four <laughs> years. And not only speaking, but leading summer blitz with my husband for the next four years. And I thought, that's crazy. You know that's how God does that. And for years I thought, well, it's just not going to happen. And then, um, he did it. So he's done that over and over in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a white house intern when I was a freshman in college 
because because oh. uh, I just wrote I just wrote it down. I wrote yeah. down I wanted to like work at the White House, and then because something happens when you write something down, you you kind of anyways. There was a speaker that came to my university, and I I went up to him afterwards and just asked. I had already written down some goals like that. And I just said, do you take interns? And he said, yeah, just apply. And it ended up rolling into, I got offered this position. I was a freshman music major and I was working with the seniors, government majors at Princeton. This is what the, my, my partner was a, the quarterback at Princeton. And they were everyone in our office. I worked in the office of presidential personnel. And they said, why, why are you here? Who do you know? I said, I don't know anyone. <laughs> I, I just asked. That's all. I, mm-hmm. that's what I, said. I was just asked. I had the best time that summer working and living in Washington, D.C. And I feel like the Lord, honestly, not everything, because there's still things that he has a will for you. I think you always have to submit to God's path and plan. Right. But some of the things extra, he's he's all about us just asking. So that's why I love the vision journal. And then also I love prayer. I mean, having my prayer journal a certain way. And so I was like, I'm just going to design one the way I like it. And yeah. so I put like prayers that I always pray in the front, like the Ephesians prayer. So I don't have to keep flipping through. I have them in one place. And then just like the daily setup. And then in the back, you know how brother Hagen said, praying the Ephesians prayers for someone doing it six months in a row, not skipping a day. And sometimes I would find it hard to track that. So I put some graph paper in the back so I could track. Oh, nice. Or like praying for people. So I have those, um, just those things. I just like to put things out that I like. <laughs> sure. Oh, I think it's so helpful. It's wonderful. And they can get that through your website. Yes, it's com slash shop. Yeah. Good. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. I believe in vision, writing mm-hmm. vision and keeping it before your eyes. I think it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some tremendous testimonies. My daughter is the one that really got me started. And, uh, oh my gosh, she just one quick thing. She, yeah. um, she told me, she, she said, mother, I wrote down before I'm 30, I'm going to have a million dollars in the bank. And, um, she came to my house and she said, look what happened. And she opened up her bank account, you know, on her phone and there was a million plus, you know, I said, Virginia, mm-hmm. what happened? she said, my husband got a, a signing bonus with this financial company and there it is a million dollars in our account. And you know, he is eating abundantly above wow. you know, anything we can ask or think. So yeah. you're right. I mean, he, we limit him, but it's, you know, we shouldn't, <laughs> we <Yeah>. shouldn't. No. <laughs> it's amazing yeah. what happens yeah. now. Also, before we go, I want to, I want to ask you about, you said you're writing a book. Yes. Yes. Um, it's on pause right now as we move, but, and I'm, I'm, um, working on the publishing aspect. So learning, learning that writing a book is involved in a lot of different ways. So I'm still getting the publishing squared away, but it's called what's in your hands. And it's basically when you have basically that you have everything you need to do what God's called you to do and everything that's in your heart. Cause so often we think, it's out of grasp. Every I want to do what God wants me to do, but I don't have what I need. But everything that you need, He's put in your hands. You just yeah. have to work with what you have, and God will multiply it. With using the example of the parable of the talents, so uh, the Lord just really put this really strong on my heart. It's been a message on my heart. I've been putting notes in my phone for years about it, and then the Lord just told me, 
put it together. Like now's the time. What are you waiting for? Yeah. So for my kids to grow up. But <laughs> I've also learned that when you just take the time, maybe the dishes don't get done. Maybe, you know, laundry's the laundry room doesn't look pristine. But but when you just take the time and kind of make room that that uh, you can move forward. And some of those goals that I, like I didn't think I had the time, but just sitting down with about an hour or two consistently, the Lord really just brought a lot of things to my heart. So still uh, putting it all together, but that is um, a pray will be coming out this year. Oh, that's so wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll be looking for that also. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Well, Julia, it's been a pleasure. We you so appreciate you. Uh, I know, uh, especially right now in your life, when you could be doing so many other things. Oh, but... I'm very happy to sit here and talk with you. I feel like <laughs> the reward—it's like a coffee date. <laughs> and Scarlett, you—you've had such a heart for women for so long. I remember, as I think I was in college or even teenager, going to your women's conference. You've invested in women and in the call on women's lives for so many years. I just thank you for your commitment to that call as you're continuing it in this way and in all the ways that you've continually invested in women. It's such a blessing. So thank uh-huh. you for that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Well, we'll look forward to good reports from Bradford, England. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we'll be keeping you in our prayers and your family. We sure love you, Julia. Thanks. If there's Smith Wigglesworth too, let me know. <laughs> <Y'all> yeah. <come> on. <laughs> love you guys so much. Thank you. God bless you. You too. Well, today, I think that um, you were probably very inspired. I know I was. And um, if uh, if if this was an encouragement to you and you need some, you know, somebody that might need this, you know, let them know about the podcast and tell them to watch it. And uh, there's a lot of women in ministry that need uh, some, you know, just some encouragement at times you can get discouraged or you can think you know, your, your ministry is not happening or not growing or whatever you might think. But, um, I think that, uh, today, you know, Julia really shared, uh, some things about just being patient and letting God work on people's lives and the persistence and the consistency and stability. All those things are so important. So make sure that you tell others about the podcast and until next time, God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter. And we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles. And then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, But we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.